0: Hey, everybody. So excited to be with you right now. And I know we're starting at a different time. We're starting at 7 instead of 6.30. And hopefully that worked out for you and for your friends. Uh, but no matter what, we think it's going to be a better time to get together. So this is our Wednesday night service. But here's the cool thing. We're changing it up a little. Uh, so we're going to be calling it the Wednesday night watch party. And this is my watch party right here. Yeah, yeah. And we're socially distanced, okay? Uh, But we're also gonna have food. Uh, But I want you to know, what we wanna do is we're gonna dig in the word. So if you're wondering, are we still studying God's word? That's the centerpiece of what we're gonna do. And we're continuing the behind the scenes series where we study what is God doing in our lives and in our world, excuse me, how does God intercede and interact in our lives and interact in our world? Now, if you're like me, and I don't know if this is true for you, But I feel like the election showed us something. Whether you wanted one person or another, I think the one thing it showed us was this, we are a nation divided. Uh, And I want to say, sadly, I think a lot of that division creeped into the church, but I know that God wants us to come together. I know God wants us in unity. I know God wants, doesn't want us divided, but in, in love with each other. So we're looking for what will unite us right now. And for us, it's a love for Jesus Christ and a value for every person. And so we want to be able to do that together. So on a Wednesday night watch party, what do you do? If you just want to hang with us, you can, but I want to encourage you, some of you out there to have your own watch party. Because in this season, I can promise you this, you need people more than ever, right? We need to connect more than ever. So so we're doing that here. And by the way, whenever we want to really connect, what do we do? We have food. We have food. Okay. I'm a food guy. Uh, yeah. I, I did the fast yesterday and two hours in, I was dying. Um, I don't know if anybody else was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, okay. So here's the thing. Next week, you guys, I'm cooking for you. Um, I'm actually going to cook. So I have got this incredible slow cooker stew. It's like the easiest meal you ever make, but one of the best tasting ever. If you're a mom, great for your kids. Uh, If you're single, great for your friends. Uh, If you're married, great for your husband or wife. Uh, If you have extended family friends, great for them. And, And so I want you to have the recipe. It's a mushroom onion stew over mashed potatoes, which I think I think mashed potatoes will be in heaven. So uh, uh, so we're gonna do that. And how can they get the recipe, Tracy? Yes, you can find Pastor Chuck's recipe on our social media, Instagram, or Facebook. Yeah, and you're gonna want this, you're gonna want it. So make sure and go get it. Uh, by the way, Priscilla, your sister, she's cooking it, Priscilla you're on I'm so excited and by the way uh, she's having friends over and so you know she's gonna have a watch party so Priscilla man I'm so for you but I want to encourage you to do that and be a part of that and then after the service is over you get to discuss what we're learning it'll go deeper it'll get better Uh, you'll connect better It's kind of interesting. Tracy told me this. Tracy's my assistant and uh, uh, who, by the way, I'll talk about her a lot. Uh, But here's the thing. Tracy told me that food really has been shown to create community, to to actually enhance vulnerability uh, so that, you know what, you actually are lowering your guard, letting down your barriers and connecting with each other. And there's somebody even smarter than Tracy that talked about that. Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> and it says in Revelation 3:20, this, it says, look, Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends, man. Do you guys like that? Yeah. So when Jesus wants to be close to you, we're going to talk about that a lot tonight, but you know what? When we eat together, share together, when we get to do this together, uh, we want to connect and you know, we want that to be great. So what we're going to do right now, we're going to go into a time of worship. We're going to sing a song of worship together. uh, And then uh, we want to dive into the word after that. So let me lead us in prayer. Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you. You've made us Lord to connect to you and to connect to others. I think you for my friends who are here that I love. And, and I thank you that we get to share life together, especially in a time like this. And I thank you that, Lord, you invite us. You knock at the door and invite us to come near. So right now, may you inhabit our praise. May we come near. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Well, welcome again, church. Right now, we're going to go into a time of praise and worship together. And like Pastor Chuck said, elections are going on. And I know I'm not the only one who's feeling a little uneasy and anxious. But right now, we get to put our guard down and just worship Jesus. And so I love this song. talks about people coming together, strangers, neighbors. Our blood is one under Jesus Christ. So wherever you're at, sing this out with us. Let's sing to our God. People come together Stranger's name
0: I like this better already. Okay. And I love worshiping. I don't know about you. I know you guys do. You love worshiping. Um, Matter of fact, one of my favorite song leaders of worship songs is Laura. Uh, And we're going to be... Featuring a song later on in a couple yes. of weeks that is just awesome. But you know, worship is a way we encounter God and interact with God and show our love for God. And one of the ways we worship is by giving our offerings to God. And the Bible even talks about giving a tithe, the first 10% to God. And as God blesses you, you give offerings beyond that. And so in this time together, in our worship time together, I want to encourage you if you're ready to do that, uh, I'm going to pray for our offering time, but I'd like you to text your offering offering. in to giving to 69922. So you text your offering to giving 69922. And uh, it's a chance for us to worship God. Jesus said in these incredible words, where your treasure is, your heart is also. And uh, you know what? I I honestly, um, you guys who know me know it's true. I love giving to God. I love giving to God. I love blessing others. And so, you know, this is a chance to show love. So I want to pray about that right now and we'll have this time together. Father, I thank you for each and every one who's ready now to show their love for you Uh, uh, in a fun way, actually, Lord, to be able to text in that giving to 69922 and say we love you, that you matter to us, that you're first in our life, and uh, we thank you, Lord, for all you've given us, and now we want to bless you back the way you've asked us to in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. So. Um, We are going to dive back into our behind-the-scenes study. Two weeks ago, I taught. And uh, then if you were with us last week, Herbert Cooper taught. And uh, uh, I told everybody we're going to learn how to preach uh, from Pastor Herbert, uh, which we did. And by the way, Herbert, if you're watching, thank you. Uh, But I want to dive back into what I want to call a section of understanding about God's permissive will. So what I'm trying to get at is this. You see, God does... God does have a will. God has a will. He has a plan. And we need to understand uh, that a part of that is God's sovereign plan for our lives. Uh, And nothing can change that. Nothing can derail or or delay God's sovereign plan. Uh, He has a plan for nations. He has a plan for people. Each one of you, Uh, God has a plan for your lives and my life. Uh, By the way, I love this. A.W. Tozer said, and we brought this out before, Uh, that if you want to understand God's will, it's like being on a cruise ship (laughs) (laughs) pre-COVID. Yeah, you don't want to be trapped on there now. Um, Pre-COVID, you're on a cruise ship coming back later. Uh, But let's say you're on a cruise ship. Here's the thing you know. Uh, You have no ability to determine the direction of the ship. You have no ability to determine the speed of the ship. You don't determine what ports the ship goes to. Uh, so that's all predetermined. But while you're on the ship, get ready for this. You have lots of choices. You have lots of choices while you're on the ship. So you could choose whether you want to eat or you don't want to eat. You could choose how much you want to eat or how little you want to eat, which I can't even imagine. On a cruise <laughs> ship, man, I'm going for it. Uh, matter of fact, I, I was at dinner one night, and they said, do you?" I think you were with me, Tim, and they said, do you want the steak, uh, do you want the chicken, uh, or do you want the pasta? And I said, yes. yes.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 I, I scored. So you could do that. But here's the thing. Uh, You have lots of choices on a ship, but you don't determine the direction of the ship. In life, you have a lot of choices. That's called God's permissive will. He allows you to make choices. He allows you to choose. But God has a sovereign will. Now, at times, God is not going to let you determine choice. God will intercede and intervene in your life. Three times in the Bible, in Job 14, 5, Psalm 39, and Psalm 139, God tells us something. He has determined the number of months and the number of days you and I will live. Now, some is longer, some is shorter. Uh, <laughs> Uh, looking around the room. I probably have less time than anybody else, but that's okay. Whenever God says, Chuck, you're coming to heaven. I'm not complaining. doesn't matter if I did and you're going. And so that's what you need to know. But you know, you have no ability to choose that time. uh, But what you do have the ability to choose is what you do with the time God's given you. So I want you to be aware of that. So there are a lot of choices you can make in life. I would love to call out Sarah on this one. Uh, Sarah, you're going to CBU, right?
2: Yes. It's um, my senior year this year.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, You actually were in our high school. I've watched you kind of, you know, uh, grow up through all this. So you had to pray about what your ministry degree would be, and I'm sure you did. And what did. did you choose?
2: I am majoring in Christian ministry.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And so I believe that, and we of course are behind you in this, that God had a plan for your life, but you could choose whether you want to follow that plan to go into Christian ministry uh, or not. And you believe God's called you there. And so that's where you're headed. Uh, So all, everyone who goes to school, you went to graduate school at Cal State Fullerton. Uh, Everybody goes to school. Hopefully you pray, God, what school should I go to? Because God will help guide you there. What ministry, uh, or not what ministry, what uh, degree should I seek after? that determines a big part of your life uh, like for instance if you get a science degree you're gonna spend the rest of your life saying why does this work yeah. uh, if you get if you get an engineering degree you'll ask this question how does this work uh, if you get a degree in accounting you're gonna ask how much does this cost uh, and if you get a degree in psychology or philosophy you're gonna ask do you want fries with that <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just too true. Uh, it's just too true. Uh, a BA in psychology gets you nothing. Okay, so here's the thing I want you to know: is God wants you to make choices. God wants you to do that. But God is giving you the freedom to choose. God is giving you the freedom to choose. Uh, John Allen, I, I, I just for some reason think you'll love knowing this. Uh, cool trivia, biblical trivia, and that's this: uh, in the Bible, the word "if." Okay. The word if is used 1,637 times. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, why is that important? Because almost every time that word if is used, it means you get to choose. Yes. If, if, if. If you, you say yes to God, if you say no to God. If you determine to go right, if you determine to go left. If you give in to sin or don't give in to sin. In, in the Bible, uh, uh, right in the beginning, God gave Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden freedom to choose. Now, a lot of people wonder why God gives you freedom to choose. Here's why. You cannot love without free choice. Uh, you can't love without free choice. Uh, I've been praying for Tracy's husband like crazy, uh, but the truth of the matter is, you know what? I can't make you fall in love with all the guys I've chosen for you, uh, you know, right? That's just not going to work. Uh, so the truth is you're you're going to get to choose no matter how much I pressure. Uh, and so uh, here's the thing I want you to know is God is giving you the freedom to choose and he did it. Because God wants you to hopefully choose to love Him. He won't make you love Him. He wants you to choose the life He has for you. He won't make you take that. Uh, and so He gives you a permissive will to choose, to choose what you want what, to, what, what, what you're going to do, maybe not even what He wants you to do. Because this is important. Not everything that happens is God's will. Uh, Isaiah, if you sin, <laughs> I'm wondering why I'm calling you on that one. <laughs> 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 but if you sin, that's not God's will, right? Uh, it would never be God's will for you to sin. So uh, the truth of the matter is, not everything that happens is God's will. But in the tree, in the, in the Garden of Eden, before there was sin, there was choice, mm-hmm. and uh, there was the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and and Adam and Eve could they they could choose that. they could choose to partake or not. They were in the Garden of Eden, I'm sure, a long time. Nobody knows, but it could have been. They could have been in there a million years with the earth aging that whole time. But here's the thing. They weren't because they had never sinned. And so what I want you to know is that one day when Eve finally gave in, she made the choice that God told her not to make. Sin entered the world and she fell. Adam fell along with her. And the reality is sin entered the world at that moment. Why? Because they could choose it. But if they didn't have the choice, they wouldn't have love. And so God, God wanted them to have that choice. So uh, one of the things uh, some people ask this question, and it's a question a lot of people ask, do we really have the freedom to choose. And here's why. If God has a sovereign will, you can't change that. Uh, God God also knows everything. He has foreknowledge. So he knows everything you're going to do before you do it. Then if he knew that ahead of time, do you have free will? Right. And the answer is yes, you do. You, you have God has decreed in his sovereignty, you have the freedom to choose. And so many choices you make uh, are not the choice that that he may have made for you. Lots of choices, hopefully, you make are the ones he did, but he's very, very seldom gonna intercede or intervene, which uh, I think is interesting. It brings us to the very first if in the Bible. So you guys who have your Bibles with you, which everybody here tonight does. (laughs) All right, they have a Bible one way or another. Everybody does. Uh, Genesis 4, verse seven is where we're going. It's the very first if in the Bible. The very first one of the 1,637. Uh, you're actually going to pick up a couple of them here. And it says this in Genesis 4, verse 7. And let me set up the context. Uh, Adam and Eve had two sons. One was named Cain, one was named Abel. Uh, by the way, Cain was a very, very strong, strong man. His name even meant the begotten one. Do you, do you, I don't know if you guys have thought. I know you guys know scripture really well. Not not saying you know there's something if you don't. Jesus is the only begotten one. So if Cain was called the begotten one, you can tell he was bestowed an incredible honor and strength. Abel means frail or sickly. It means but a breath. And so all of a sudden, Eve is holding a little boy, baby boy, who can barely breathe. And that's what she's naming him. So he's he's not as strong as Cain. He ends up being a keeper of the sheep, which, by the way, uh, we're going to do some cool teaching in Christmas about shepherds and sheep. And it goes all the way back to Abel. And uh, and and here's the and Cain, though, was a, a tiller of the ground, which takes a lot of strength. And then what happened? It came time for them to appear before God and give a, a sacrifice, give an offering. What they should have done is come and sacrifice an animal for their sin. Cain doesn't do that. Cain shows up and just gives gives vegetables. And and um, I'm saying the wrong word here, Charles, and I know you can help me almost, but but it's, it's, it's a meal offering is what they call it. By the way, that was always given for Thanksgiving. It wasn't given uh, in calling out for mercy and for sin. And so when he did that, he was not calling out to God. He was not humbling himself before God. And Abel did and God was very pleased with Abel and his humility and his desire to get closer to God and, and, and to know that one day God would give a sacrifice for him. And so in that moment, uh, Abel gets honored by God and Cain gets humiliated. So honor or humiliation. And he, he in that moment, what he does is he gets angry. He gets angry with God and he gets angry with Abel uh, because Abel made him look bad. Uh, by the way, anybody here, when someone, when someone tells you you're wrong, do most of you guys go? Oh, thank you! I love being told I'm wrong. Yeah. No, no, okay, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something inside all of us, uh, 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 married people. Anyway, no, <laughs> let's not go there. Uh, but but you know, there's something inside all of us. We don't like to have anybody point out we're wrong, and or or and, you know, and and so you know what wisdom says you want that, but it's very in our fleshly nature. And so Abel now is, or Cain is so angry with Abel, so angry with what happened. Violence is welling up within him. No one has ever been killed before. No one's ever been murdered before. I'm not so sure Abel or, or Cain. I'm sorry about that. Cain knew a violent action will produce the death it would. I'm not sure he knew that, oh, wow. um, but he is getting close. And God warns him, and that's what you don't miss. God did not want him to sin. God did not will for him to sin but God is going to give him the choice, but he wants to let him know, you got a choice in this. you got a choice in this. And in Genesis four, verse seven, it says, if that's that first, if, 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 if you can make a choice here, Cain, if you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? By the way, when we do the right thing, almost always the result of that is, is, is our, our spirits lift, our joy lifts, our, 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 we just start feeling good. And God's Cain, Right now, you're not feeling good, but if you do the right thing, it'll all change. It'll all change. Then he says this, and if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door, and its desire is for you, but you must master it. Mm-hmm. He said, sin is like this hideous thing crouching behind the door, ready to leap out and grab hold of you and seek to take hold of you and, and to in in control you. And he said, but you don't have to do that. You can choose not to. If if, if you have a choice here. Mm-hmm. By the way, even the word master is a very interesting word where it says, but you must master it. Uh, it's a Hebrew word that means to rule or have dominion or reign over. He goes, you can master this sin. You can master this feeling that's about to take over you. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever read. I would love to know this. If you haven't, it's okay. Anybody here ever heard of Or read the book *The Grapes of Wrath* by John Steinbeck. Oh, you have. Heard of it? Okay, you heard of it, and you've read it. And okay, there we go. All right. Yeah. And you teach high school for us. Okay. Uh, Music. (laughs) Oh, music. Music. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But you've read it. So the story in uh, *Yeah, uh, Grapes of uh, Wrath*. Well, actually, I'm on the wrong book. That's still a good one. The other book, *East of Eden*. Have you read *East of Eden*? Okay. No, okay. Still still no. Still no. Okay, this is totally unscripted, you guys, so just know I got the wrong book and the wrong... No, John Steinbeck's the right author. He wrote Grapes of Wrath, which is super famous, but another one's East of Eden, which is too. And in East of Eden, it was all written based on John Steinbeck being so amazed that God gives us a choice. A choice to sin or not sin. Uh, and the fact we can rule over it. And the whole book themes out of that one Hebrew word right there, mashal, which actually means you can have dominion over. And, and then he follows characters in his book who some choose the right and some choose the wrong. And the repercussions and consequence that happens in their life, which gets me to why I'm doing all this. Why am I saying this? See, God has given you the ability to choose. Yeah. It's permissive will. He's given you permission to choose but he also knows there's going to be consequences to your actions. So we need to understand that. Uh, One of the choices that God has given us an ability to choose is whether we want to be what we call saved or not saved, which means do we want to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior where he saves us from our sins, where we call out like Abel did, saying, Lord, I need you, I need you. And the Lord said, if you commit yourself to me, then I'm going to come and I'm going to give you salvation and you're going to go to heaven. So God's will is for everybody to be saved and ready for everybody to go to heaven. It is not God's will for anyone to go to hell, but people choose it. People choose it. Matter of fact, the Bible is very clear that hell was only created for the devil and the demons. But people go there because they will not choose to be saved. But it's God's will for them to be saved. Uh, 1 Timothy 2 is where we're going in this. And I want to show you what God says about that. And notice God's will because he gives you a choice, the most important choice you'll ever make. Will you commit your life to Christ? Will you become his? And in 1 Timothy 2 verse 3, it says this. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Um, By the way, I could show a lot of verses on this, but I just don't want to have you miss how simply and clearly this says this. He desires all men and all women to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. He wants that. He wants it for everybody. By the way, we have a passion here for that, right, you guys? For people to come to know that. And so that's God's great desire. Matter of fact, God wants that so badly. One reason he's letting evil exists in our world for such a long time is so that people will have time before judgment comes to choose to give themselves to god by the way i believe we're in the 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 countdown to the last second to choose yeah tim you and i talk about that all the time Uh, but we think we're coming down to the the end of time jesus gave us signs but why are we waiting because there's one person left, at least one person left, that God is waiting patiently for so that they could choose to be saved. Because God wants people to choose to be saved. And in Second Peter three nine, it says the Lord is not slow about his promise about Jesus coming back and ending a world that is so evil, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish. God doesn't want anyone to perish. That's but for all, I think that word's important. Mm-hmm. Notice God doesn't choose just some people to be saved. God wants all people to be saved. So he wants all to come to repentance. And repentance means you can change. You can change. You can turn to God. There's nobody who wants God that won't get God. No one who wants God's love that won't get God's love. Uh, if they want it, uh, it's there. And God said, you could turn to me. You can come to me. By the way, you've never done anything so bad. That God doesn't love you. Matter of fact, I I don't know if this means a lot to you guys, but I feel like I heard this before. There is no sin you commit, you could commit more powerful than the blood of Jesus Christ to erase it. Um, And so God wants that for you. God wants that for me. But why, why do some people not come? Well, here's what we find out in 1 John 3, 19. It says, this is the judgment that light has come into the world and men love the darkness rather than the light for their deeds are evil. Uh, so here's why uh, uh, people aren't saved because they love the darkness. They love uh, a life apart from God. Uh, they love uh, things that God doesn't want them to love. And they love that lifestyle. Uh, I, I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but it's to me one of the sickest, grossest things ever. When you walk into a room, flip on a light switch and cockroaches go flying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kills your appetite. I love food, but not then. Uh, but you know what? The cockroach is what? They love the darkness. Yeah. And uh, you know what? God says, I don't want you to be that way. I want you to love the light. Right. I want you to come to me. But one of the, the reason people don't is they're choosing what God said is not good for them. And they're choosing the darkness. They're choosing what can lead to hatred, mm-hmm. uh, the pain, all the things that God doesn't want you to have, the anxiety uh, and people are choosing that. So one of the choices God gives us is that whether we are saved or not saved. And so God allows us to choose to follow Him or not follow Him. Now, now we're going to get into a fun section tonight. Get ready. If you have your Bibles, go to Exodus chapter four, which comes to a question. Tracy, you asked me. Yes, we were talking about this, and I had said if we have free will, if God really lets us choose, then. He hardened Pharaoh's heart. Where was the choice in that? If he hardened Pharaoh's heart in Exodus, yeah, yeah. So that's the question. Is uh, and we're going to get into that. God told Moses, "I will harden Pharaoh's heart." So what what choice did Pharaoh have in that moment? Is what you're asking? And I don't know. No, I'm kidding. I know. I know. I really do know the answer. I didn't. I thought that was funnier than you guys did. Okay. Uh, this is the joy of preaching just to the camera. The jokes always go over. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Okay, so, so that's a good question because I, we get asked that. Another way of asking it sometimes is, did Judas have a choice? Uh, Or you know, you think of someone else, did they have a choice? But we're gonna use Pharaoh as a really good case study because what happened is Moses is out in the wilderness. God has appeared to him in a burning bush and God tells him, I want you to go to Egypt and I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. For 400 years, they've been in slavery. For 400 years, they've been in bondage. It was getting worse and worse and worse, the slavery they were experiencing. Um, And so God said, it's time. It's time that they have an emancipation proclamation moment of being set free. And so Moses, I want you to go and I want you to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. But I want to tell you what's going to happen ahead of time. I am going to harden Pharaoh's heart and he's going to say no. So wait a minute. You're sending me there, and the answer is going to be no. And God says, Because I'm going to use that to humble Egypt, which He does. He brings the whole nation to their knees. Uh, Quite a quick uh, trivia for you to know He brings 10 plagues, which actually punishes their 10 false gods. Uh, So they're very, very in particular. Uh, So I want you to know that. But in Exodus 24, or Exodus 4:21, 4:21, the Lord said to Moses, When you go back to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh all the wonders which I have. Uh, I have put in your power, but I will. Now I want you to notice that I will harden his heart so he will not let the people go. All right. So we already know this. Uh, most of you know it. The word "will" means it's going to happen when past, present, or future? Future. 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 Okay. So he hasn't done it yet. He said, "I will do it." I haven't done it yet. So he has not hardened his heart yet. So what happens? Moses shows up and. And and he, he begins to call out to Pharaoh to let the people go. He starts bringing plagues on the land. And then in Exodus 7, verse 3, it says this, but I will harden Pharaoh's heart that I may multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. So he's still not hardened his heart yet. So Moses is there. He's preaching. Pharaoh's heart still isn't hardened. So I want you to notice that. God said it's still coming in the future. Then Exodus 7, verse 13, uh, what happens is God has Moses do an incredible miracle. And it says, this is a really important to catch every word. Yet Pharaoh's heart was hardened. But who did the hardening?
1: Pharaoh.
0: Yeah, Pharaoh did. Pharaoh hardened his own heart. God still hasn't done it yet. So Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he did not listen to them as the Lord had said. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is stubborn. He refuses to let the people go. Now, I'm not going to, I I didn't harden him yet. He's made the choice. So now what we have is God saying, one day I'm going to intercede, but I haven't done it yet. Pharaoh is the one who did it. Now we're going to follow the pattern. Exodus 7, verse 22. Uh, uh, It's so, this always cracks me up. Moses does these plague miracles where he brings plagues and the magicians make them worse. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Go read it. It's really funny. Uh, but here's what happens uh, is in Exodus 7:22, It says the magicians of Egypt did the same with their secret arts and Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he did not listen to them as the Lord said. So still he's hardening his own heart or being stubborn. He's getting more and more and more stubborn. Then in Exodus 8, verse 15, uh, what happens next? We're following the chronological sequence of Moses bringing plagues, bringing flies and gnats and water turning to blood and and locusts. Oh, the locust is horrible. Uh, You know, frogs. (laughs) By the way, it says frogs were in their beds and everywhere. So he's bringing all these things. It says, but in Exodus 8, verse 15, but when Pharaoh saw there was relief, uh, and by the way, I probably should define what happened. Uh, Pharaoh said to Moses, he said, will you stop this? Will you stop it? Will you stop it? And and Moses said, okay, I'll stop, but you got to let my people go. And it says, but when Pharaoh saw there was relief, he hardened his heart. By the way, notice again, and I know you're on it with me, Tracy, he hardened his heart. He did it himself. God still hasn't interceded yet. And see, we're all the way into Exodus chapter eight from Exodus chapter four. And it says, he did not listen to them as the Lord said. Now we're gonna go down. Four more verses in Exodus chapter eight. It says, then the magician said to Pharaoh. So now the magicians have come and said, we can't emulate what Moses is doing. We can't pull this off. This is bigger than us. And it says, this is the finger of God, but... Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he did not listen to them as the Lord said. So he's still not listening. He's just getting more stubborn and more stubborn and more stubborn. God has not interceded yet. That's my point. So all these times Pharaoh had choice. He could have chosen to honor God. He actually said, well, you actually asked God to stop this. And God said, I'll stop. And now he goes, oh, now that I see relief, he chose again. So God's giving him every opportunity to choose up till this point. And, he, and he's not, he's not making the choice. Then Exodus 8:32. But Pharaoh hardened his heart this time also. Now, this is really an important phrase in the chronology of where we've gone. Notice it says, But Pharaoh hardened his heart this time also. So every one of the times I just read to you, that's what it's referring back to, is that Pharaoh had hardened his heart. And so all the ones I read up till now, we all said, okay, Pharaoh did it, Pharaoh did it, Pharaoh did it. God drives home the point, it was Pharaoh. Pharaoh did it. And, and so it said also he did not let the people go. Then Exodus nine verse seven, so we're all the way from chapter four to verse nine, which by the way, is an incredible period of time. And so what happens it says this: "Pharaoh sinned, and behold, there was not even one of the livestock of Israel dead. Um, I, I don't want to take a long time, but I do want to say what happened. Up till now, I think this is really important. actually, I should take the time. All the plagues that were done, the children of Israel had to endure they had to endure their water being turned to blood. They had to endure the gnats. Uh, uh, They had to endure, it might not have been the gnats, but they had to endure the frogs. I know that. (laughs) And they had to do the others. And at this point, what happens, the livestock are going to be killed. And God said, I'm not going to do that to Israel. I'm going to put my hand to protect them. Mm. Uh, And so up till now, they went through all the the plagues, all the pain that everybody else did. But now God said, no more, I'm going to put my hand to protection. Uh, on them, which I'm going to give you a quick parenthesis moment. I hope I'm not getting too far off. That's why I believe in the last days, we are going to see God bring plagues upon the world. The Bible says that. We will endure some of what God does, and then God at a certain point will start to protect us. So uh, uh, when we uh, see the seven trumpets blow, we will be affected by those. Uh, but we need to know that. So anyway, I, I don't want to get too far off. So what happens though, is in 9 verse 7, it says, Pharaoh sinned. And behold, there was not even one of the livestock of Israel dead, which was a miracle. But the heart of Pharaoh was hardened. He hardens his heart again. And he did not let the people go. Now, Exodus 9, 12, my key verse for here. Go over here go Tracy. The first time God said, I will harden his heart. First time God does. It says, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not listen to them just as the Lord had spoken. So did Pharaoh have free will? The answer is yes. Could Pharaoh at any minute said, I'm, I, you know what? I've learned my lesson. The children of Israel can go, yes. yes. At any moment, he could have done that. God knew ahead of time he wouldn't, uh, but God also gave him opportunities to choose to do the right thing. And so what happened is we see he had choice. But the more stubborn he became, eventually God said, if that's what you want, that's what you get. You wanna be stubborn? I'm gonna make you more stubborn. Uh, You wanna dig in your heels against me? Then it's coming down and I'm gonna make it more firm. So God actually did that. By the way, in Romans, God says that he does that to nations. When a nation, for instance, even the United States, we choose to go our own direction. The Bible says God will turn us over to the sins we're going into. Uh, and nice. so uh, we saw that happen in the Roman Empire. We're, I believe we're seeing that happen in the United States uh, today. Uh, so we see that occur. Then, by the way, in Exodus chapter 9, 34 and 35, it says this. But when Pharaoh saw the rain and the hail and the thunder had ceased, when he saw that God had put his hand of protection on even Egypt now, he sinned again. And notice what he did. He hardened his heart. So now Pharaoh has gone back to hardening his own heart, even though God is turned him into the sin. And it says, Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he did not let the sons of Israel go just as Moses, just as the Lord had spoken through Moses. By the way, in 10 verse one, uh, God says this, now I have hardened Pharaoh's heart. And in 10 verse 20, it says, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. So now God's getting more actively involved in hardening his heart. Yeah. So God, God let him choose all the way up to that point. Um, seven times, seven times before God hardened Pharaoh's heart, barrel hardened his own heart. Uh, twice God does harden his heart. Uh, but that leads us to something that um, I think is so intriguing. Dr. Carolyn Leaf, I'm going to get into in a minute. You guys, I, we're all love Dr. Carolyn Leaf, right? She's an incredible, incredible Christian, but she's super famous as a neuroscientist. Uh, she is honored in the Christian world and outside the Christian world. Uh, she's one of the most true experts on the brain. She said this, that the more your brain begins to act in a certain way, which we call a habit or habitually, uh, what happens is your brain finds it easier and easier to do that. Uh, It actually creates neural pathways to do that. So for instance, if I'm someone who gets angry easily, my brain will get used to getting angry and it will get easier and easier and easier to to become angry. Um, By the way, the opposite's true, which is super cool. If I become a patient person, and I become a loving person, my brain will actually go want to go that direction and we call them neural pathways. And so what happened is Pharaoh had a neural pathway of being stubborn uh, and, and that began to take over. And, and here's the thing that Dr. Leaf says, she believes though, it's so interesting, there's this thing called neuroplasticity where your brain can change the other way and you can actually exercise free will and your brain will change. Um, I don't know if this will help you guys, but I get intrigued by this. There's a, a problem a lot of people have called learned helplessness. Yeah. Your wife's a counselor, so she knows about yeah, that. Yeah. And a lot of people we counsel, your wife counsels and I counsel, they come in with what we call learned helplessness. They, they think there's no hope. They think yeah. there's no way to change. Uh, they think nobody else can change. They think life's never gonna get better. Uh, they're not ready to face a challenge because they think they'll always fail. Not, now here's the thing, the more they think that way, neurologically their brain begins to go that direction Mm. and it shrinks so anybody in here got a shrunken brain? no I'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) no seriously your brain shrinks in size is that weird or what but when you begin to change that usually through counseling that Dr. Leaf would tell you she can actually show that your brain actually grows Mm -hmm. and it actually works better which goes to what happens here. God and his permissive will has allowed you to affect your brain uh, to have a more health or less health, uh, to choose the right things and to get used to choosing the right things or choosing the wrong things. And so we know that's true. We know everybody has a choice. And the more you make the right choice, the more your brain is programmed that direction. And the more you make the wrong choice, sad to say, the more your brain will then be programmed the other. But Dr. Leaf said in studying the brain and the Bible, but brain also, she's found that people get to choose, which brings me to her favorite verse, Deuteronomy chapter 30. We're going to, it's her favorite section of verses, then we'll get to her favorite verse. But Deuteronomy chapter 30, Dr. Carolyn Leaf, uh, I got to interview her about this. And if you want to go watch that, uh, it's in July, I think, no, August, in our August series, you can see that. And I keep referring to Tracy. We got to talk to her alone, away from everybody else, which was like so incredible. By the way, uh, if you go watch the uh, uh, interview I did with her, she totally corrects me. She told me less. <laughs> that was a moment, Laura. Yeah, <laughs> where Dr. Lee tells me how wrong I am. And, okay, that's all right. I'm, I'm, that's why we had her. Uh, so here's the thing, by the way. Uh, in that moment, I had a choice neurologically, right? To say, I'm going to learn. Or I'm going to get prideful, right. and uh, she just God. humbled me. Oh man, you go watch. I got humbled. All right. So Deuteronomy <laughs> chapter thirty is one of her probably her favorite verse in all the section in all the Bible, and it begins with this. It's a he's calling out to the children of Israel, which by the way to all Christians this call goes out to us too. And he says, God says, for this commandment which I command you today is not too high or difficult for you, nor is it out of reach. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will go up into heaven? for us to get it uh, for us and make us hear it that we may observe it. What he's saying here is that what I'm commanding you to do is not that hard. Mm. It's not that hard. It's not that hard to choose love over hate. It's not, believe it or not, this might sound shocking to some of you. It's not that hard to choose patience over impatience. Uh, By the way, Dr. Leaf in our talk talks about irritability is a negative choice that creates brain damage. And she actually used the word brain damage it damages your brain. So it's not too hard to choose the right thing, God says. And beyond that, not not only is it not too hard, I will help you. So it's not too hard to love your enemy. It's not too hard to be kind to people who aren't kind. It's not too hard to be a good father or a good mother, no matter how trying your children may be, (laughs) even at two or seventh grade or eighth grade, because it comes back. Yeah, it comes back. (laughs) So it's not too hard. By the way, husbands, it's not too hard to love and cherish and. And, and praise your wife and, and wives, it's not too hard to lift up your husband. Uh, single people, uh, it's not too hard, uh, to believe it or not, to wait for the right person God has for you. And I want to promise you, it's very hard when you don't. <laughs> it's very, very hard when you don't. Yeah. And uh, it's not too hard. And then it says this in verse 13. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will cross the sea for us to get it for us and make us hear it that we may observe it. Um, we love uh, uh, being a part of going outside our borders here in Crossroads. Yeah. And and by the way, even online, all the people online, you can get in on this, where we go to other countries, and we get to be with other Christians, and we get to help them and encourage them, and they help and encourage us. That's it's right. a very two-way thing, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing I want you to know, is that very often we go, like to Kenya, uh, where you, Tracy's there, loves Kenya, uh, I, I pal- I, Kenya, Palestine, Tim's been to Nepal, uh, you guys have all been been to kenya mostly i got to go to charles with charles to indonesia uh which yeah. was off the charts incredible um but when we go there we meet amazing christians yeah. and every now and then i'll have someone on our team go man they're so on fire for the lord i wish people at crossroads were and i'm like you you don't know that we're the same we're all the same because you know what when they come to us they say the same thing uh, right charles yeah, when, when you come, people come from Indonesia, they're like, man, the Christians at Crossroads are on fire or, or CBU or whatever. And, and and when we go there, so it's, it's here's the thing. The, he's, God is saying, you don't have to cross the sea to find people who are in love with me, who live this life. It's not too hard and it's not too far away. Then, then we're gonna go to a verse that's quoted in the book of Romans in Romans chapter 10. And it says in verse 14 of Deuteronomy 30, verse 14, but the word of the Lord is very near you. In other words, that's why it's not so hard. God's word is near you. And Paul calls this the word of faith. In your mouth and in your heart that you may observe it. He said, that word of faith is in you, especially if you call out to God and open up to God. And so now what happened is is God says it's not too hard. It's not too far. It's not too high. It's not too deep. It's something you can experience and do. And now we get to Dr. Lee's favorite part. Get ready. Deuteronomy 30, verse 15. God says, and listen, please listen, this is for you. You may need this right now more than you think. God says, see, I have set before you. I have set before you today, right now today, life and prosperity, death and adversity. He's saying, Chuck, you get to choose life and prosperity or death and adversity. John, you get to choose. You get to make the choice you know, you get to make the choice. Pietro, did I say that right? I did. Yeah. Okay. That's the whole night. That's the whole night. All right. Mic drop. I don't have one. Okay. Uh, but you get to choose, you know, you think about how incredible that is, you get to make that choice and God says, but I, I want you to know you could choose life and prosperity or death and adversity. Mm-hmm. By the way, that's every good. day, every day, God said, here it is. Which one do you want? Yeah. And then it says in verse 16, "In that I command you today. Now, how do you choose it? to love the Lord your God. It starts by loving God and you'll find life and prosperity Uh, if you love the Lord your God. If you don't love the Lord your God, you get death and adversity. Uh, By the way, we do die a little. That brain shrinks. Um, Negative things happen. Brain damage does occur. uh, That you might be surprised how real that is. It says, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments that you may live and multiply and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you're entering to possess it. Then God warns them and warns us. But if your heart turns away and you will not obey, but are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you will surely perish. You guys have a choice. You will not prolong your days in the land uh, where you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess it. By the way, for us, we will not prolong our days in our own promised land, in our own good life. Verse 19, God says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. And here's the calling of God through Moses. So choose life. Mm -hmm. Please listen to this. Mm -hmm. Right now, you can choose. God's permissive will, his sovereign will has decreed a permissive will. You can choose life. You can choose love. Mm -hmm. You can choose love life and prosperity, or death and adversity. Mm. You get to choose being blessed, being empowered. All the promises of God are there for you. God would never turn away from you. Matter of fact, remember what we started with. Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. If you would open up, I would come in and we would dine like friends. We would be together. Jesus wants to be that close to you. And he says, so choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants, by loving the Lord your God. So how do you choose life? By loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice, by holding fast to him. For this is your life and the length of days that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Choose life choose life. And I want to tell you something. Right now, that's what God is saying for some of you. Some of you, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. Guess what? It's not, by the way, I I know it's not an accident you're hearing this. God wants you to know it, and it's for you. It's His invitation to you because you matter to Him. Choose life. It doesn't matter what you've done. We've talked about that. There's no sin you could commit. God wouldn't love you. There's nothing you could do that God would turn His back on you. But he said, I'm going to give you a choice. You've got to choose to come to me. So right now, come to him. Right now, come to him. And how do you do that? Well, God, being God, wouldn't tell you to do that and not tell you how to do it. So he said, I want you to love me. And then he goes, I want you to obey my commandment. And one of the commandments is this, is draw near to me. And then he promises, I'll draw near to you. Another one is in Romans 10, which we quoted where the word of faith is. It says, call on the name of the Lord and be saved. What does that mean? It means pray. Prayer is just talking to God, calling out to God. Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. And you know what he wants you to say? Come in. When someone knocks on a door, you could go open it or you could say, come in. And uh, Jesus is saying, I want you to say, come in. And I will. I will. So I'm going to lead a prayer in a moment. And if you love God, and I know that everyone here loves God, we're going to be praying for you. say yes to him. It could be for the very first time. He said, I'm standing at the door. I'm knocking. You could probably sense something's happening. See, God, God sees you. God knows you. God loves you. So just open up by praying the prayer. Then Jesus also tells us, and the pattern in the Bible is there, the next thing you do, you need to make it known. Uh, Jesus said, you need to confess me before men. Now, what does that mean? It means you need to tell people you need to make a confession that you just made your decision for God. It could be for the first time. It could be to recommit with your life. You could do it as a group of friends. Maybe you're single. You got some friends. So let's do this together. Uh, you could do it as a, a dating couple, married couple, family. Uh, you could do it with your kids. By the way, that uh, we've had recently a whole family got together. The dad led all the kids. And man, they were all so on fire for the Lord. It's for you you got to make it known. So how do you make it known? We're going to ask you to make it known by texting, uh, grab your phone or, or your iPad or your computer and text. Amen. Which means the truth to six, nine, nine, two, two. Amen means the truth. It means for real. And what's going to happen. Let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to text in. I mean this. I want to commit my life to Christ or recommit my life to Christ, or I want that life in goodness. Cause I'm having bad. I want the life and prosperity, not the adversity and death. I want that. And so you're texting amen. I want it. And then we're going to text you back and ask your name because we you matter. We don't want you just out there in a void. We want to know who you are. And then we want you to text back to us so we can send you a copy of The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, one of the best-selling books of the last century and this century. Uh, and it's a book that tells you how to discover God's purpose for your life. And we want to give that to you free, an electronic copy free. We want that for you. Plus, we want to help you know your next step to take to get even closer to God don't hide out from us. Please don't hide out from us. We'll keep your information private. We'll we'll care about you. We'll pray for you. We want to connect with you. Don't hide out from us. And don't hide from God right now. Open up. Open up to him. Open up your heart. Pray this prayer. It could be for the first time. It could be to recommit. It could be to find healing. Maybe you want your brain to grow. (laughs) It will, by the way. To find healing and maybe find freedom from something. So let, I, I want to start by praying for you. And I know everyone here, we're all going to pray for you. We may not know your name, but we're praying for you. Father, I pray right now for anybody who needs to open their heart to you and give their life to you. God, I pray they can feel it. Lord, I think there is a father sitting there right now that he doesn't like the kind of dad he's been. He doesn't even feel like a dad. And it's time that he just opened up because he could change and he could have this incredible relationship with his kids. And I pray he's going to pray this prayer. And I think if he will, I really believe if he will, a day's going to come, he'll sit and they'll pray it with him too. He's going to lead his family and it's going to feel so good. And I know his wife right now is just wishing. She probably even looked at him a second wishing he'd do this. I pray he's going to pray this prayer. I pray for somebody who uh, this week they drank way too much. In this season, they've let their guard down and and now they're starting to return to an old addictive behavior that's going to hurt them badly. And I know, God, I know you can set them free. They can change. They can choose life. I pray they're going to pray this prayer. I pray for a, a woman who's out there that's single she's been involved with the guy and letting him do things that she doesn't even like. But she's been afraid she'd lose him. But it's time to stop. It's time to know she matters too much for this. She doesn't need to feel the way she's feeling. And I pray now she's going to choose you and not him anymore. So I pray, oh God, that you're about to move in lives of people and change is coming. Right now, if that's you, whether the first time or to recommit or maybe to get your marriage right or your friendships right or that, the one woman I just mentioned, I really believe you're there and know God loves you to get your life right get it back. Yeah. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Say the word. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me and I know you died on the cross for me and you died for my sins. I pray you'd forgive me and cleanse me from all my sins. I pray you'll heal me from hurt and from pain. I pray you'd free me from anything or anyone who's holding me down or holding me back. But most of all, I pray you'll make me yours. I pray you'll make me alive. And I pray you'll make me brand new. So I say yes. And if those are the only words you can say, and I mean that, if that's all you could say, or you don't think I should have prayed it, just say the word, I say yes. I say yes to you. I say yes to the life you have for me. Take me now, Jesus, and make me yours because you're choosing life. And this I pray in Jesus' name, amen. And if you (laughs) prayed that prayer, praise God. But text us, text us. Text amen to 69922. If you don't have a way to text, you can email me at chuck at crossroadschurch.com. That's my actual email. Chuck at com. Go ahead and email me. And then I want us to get back to you and, and share some things with you to help you know God's love. But uh, we are gonna do something right now. We are gonna praise God because we love Jesus. We're gonna praise God because I believe some of you tonight chose life. And we wanna lift that up. And I'd love for you to really, really read the words, sing the words, maybe get your hands up in the air. It doesn't matter where you are, unless you're driving, then it's one hand. But you know what? Right now, right now, we're going to go to God in prayer. And so uh, this is like an incredible moment for you to understand something. Jesus Christ is the way maker. He'll make a way for you. He'll make a way for you. And that's what we're going to sing right now to him. The one who is the way maker, the promise keeper, the miracle worker, that brings joy into your life. Isaiah, man, lead us.
2: You are here. You're moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. You're working in this place. I worship you. I worship you, and you are here, you're moving in our midst, I worship you, I worship you, and you are here, you're working in this place, I worship you. come on, we sing this out you are and we make a way maker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my god that is who you are so we sing it out and we make maker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness You are here You're touching every
1: Jesus
0: Praise God! Praise God! You are with us tonight. By the way, I saw in the chat that Joe Vargas, you're wanting peanut M&Ms. <laughs> they are good. They are good. But you know what? Uh, we can't wait to be back with you guys on Sunday and also next week. And, and next week, have a watch party. And if you are going to have a watch party, just put "I'm in" in the chat. And then we want to get back with you. Uh, but no matter what, be a part of our watch party. But I want to say this: May God show you the direction to take. May he show you when it's time to turn right, when it's time to turn left and the times you should pause and the times you should go forward. May you know you're dead center in his will because his joy is upon you, his love's within you, and you are making things happen in a way that you know are beyond you. And may God bless you. God bless you guys. Have a great night.